0: Hello and welcome to A Time to Live with Amanda Jane Cooper. Hey, that's me, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast exists to be a breath of fresh air just for you. Whether we're chatting about Broadway or TV and film one week, interviewing guests with stories of hope, hearing from experts on wellness and relationships, having real talk, singing, and obviously laughing, through conversation and storytelling, we will learn alongside each other. And one thing I know for sure is that your time is really precious. So thank you for sharing it with me. And let's get into A Time to Live. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it, girl. Do it. I'm excited. Wait, did we like start recording already? I I think it's recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. What's up? I'm so excited for this episode of The Pod. I also feel very cool because full disclosure, this is the first time that I'm recording in this amazing space at Hepsiba House in New York City. Shout out for their generosity and these incredible microphones. Um, Y'all, we have an amazing guest for you today. That's just what I'm going to do because I've got headphones on and I feel (laughs) so legit. Love it. The voice that you hear right now, that is Ale Seekmayer. Okay, guys. Ale Seekmayer is a life coach, relational health expert, and founder of multiple businesses, including Between A and B, a relationship coaching business that she runs with her husband, Ben, as well as her most recent endeavor, The Net, a boutique matchmaking business based out of New York City. Let's go. Ale is also a teacher leading a course throughout the year called the Healthy Soul Course. So good. And she travels to speak, teach, and coach throughout the country. But for Ale, much of her current endeavors came from what she experienced growing up, having struggled for many years with trauma-induced shame and self-hatred and eventually finding breakthrough. Amen. Ale, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Amanda Jane. It's such an honor to chat with you,
0: friend. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, you guys. Ale and I have known each other probably more than a few years now, right? Yeah, maybe like we met at a birthday party. Yeah, maybe Maybe like five years ago. 2018? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Fun fact, Ale and her husband Ben officiated our vow renewal. For those of you who don't know, I had like a crazy wedding journey with my husband with, at the beginning of COVID, and we finally got to have our in-person gathering September 2021. And um, and Ollie and Ben were there. It was fabulous. Every and step it of the was way. such an honor. We love you, and we love Andrew. Thanks, lady. Um, how how do we how can we get good at relationships? I'm talking friendship. I'm talking you know, romantic family. You're just you have such a wealth and such a depth of knowledge and perception and also like lived experience. And I want to get into like Mm -hmm. what your life has looked like and what's led you to this moment. But just right off the bat, like how do we do this thing well? How do we live well with other people? Girl, I am still a student.
1: I, to be honest, I am still studying what does it look like for me to live my life intentionally towards having healthy relationships obviously starts with god i think that's the foundation of where i base all my relationships from and relationship with myself good relationship with myself and then good relationship with my spouse with my friends i think it's it's a journey and i i feel like there's so many layers to what it looks like to be a healthy person individually and I feel like from that place the more whole you become the more whole your relationships will look like
0: mm, that's so good that's so good yeah it's like you hear you know it's not like a 50 50 in kind of any relationship whether it's a friendship or marriage it's like both people bringing 100 percent of what they have hopefully a cup that's overflowing mm-hmm. hopefully um that's so good. Well, we're going to get into more of that, but I just wanted to congratulate you. You just became an American citizen. I did. <gasps> woo woo woo. Hello. Oh, guys, I got to celebrate with Ale and her whole crew. We got barbecue. So good. It was so good. We raved American flags. We did. And we all, I was wearing red and we
1: all took a group photo with our, a little American flag. <laughs> that was, so it was so special. <laughs> and
0: you were originally from? Guatemala. Guatemala. Born and raised. Amazing. Um, what was the experience like for you? Like, what does it mean to you to become a citizen of America?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been in this country for, I mean, I came to school here before I actually live here. So I feel like the U.S. has been, you know, like my second home, to be honest. I mm-hmm. mean, my, my home will always be Guatemala. That's the place that raised me, that developed me. That's where my family is at. But I I just feel like there was a sense of ownership mm-hmm. to be able to finally become an American citizen, you know. Mm-hmm. I have been living here for with a green card for years. And just the fact that I'm able to vote and do that kind of thing is really special. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just feels like a, a sense of ownership that I'm entering too.
0: Yeah. So good. The USA is better with you in it. That's for darn sure. I love the USA. It's It's like, it's my country. It's my
1: family. You know, I, a a lot of my adult life, to be honest, has been developed
0: in the, in, in the United States. So it's just a very meaningful place to call home. Yeah. I I mean, amazing. Um, you also have built two businesses here, which we will get into, um, which is just amazing. It's, like, blessing people all over this country as well as around the world. So we'll get into that. But um, I forgot to ask you, will you do us the honor of, like, praying? I would love to. Do you like the way I ask it? Will you, like, pray for us? <laughs> I will absolutely pray for <laughs>
1: Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm so honored to be here with you, by the way. I mm. just love your heart and love your gift of communication and encouragement. And I just feel like anyone who listens to this podcast will be better and encouraged and feel hope because that's your story and that's your message. So let's let's pray. Let's jump in. That
0: is good. Let's do it.
1: Father, I thank you for the opportunity to have a conversation with a friend, a conversation of, of life, a conversation um, that it has been filled with process and victories, but also pain. And I, I thank you for the, the ways that you have been there for us in pain and grief. And I just pray that for those who are listening today that need to be encouraged, that need to be reminded mm-hmm. that they belong, that they matter, that they are valuable. I just pray that, that you will speak to those hearts today. I pray for those who are going through maybe seasons of grief, that he will embrace them, that he will comfort them. I pray for those that need encouragement today. I just pray that uh, what Amanda and I say will be backed up by you Mm. and that people will feel encouraged, uplifted, and a sense of hope again.
0: In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, thank you, Ole. So little Ole, take us back. What was it like growing up in Guatemala? How did it shape you? Woo! Little Ale was a handful. <laughs> <laughs> was she spicy?
1: So spicy. I mean, my poor parents, God bless them. I love them so deeply. But never a dull moment. I was just a very free, very mischievous child. You know, I would, like, run away and talk to strangers. And my parents were very, very actively protected, <laughs> trying to keep up with me. But, yeah, I mean, growing up in Guatemala really developed who, you know, I am. I mean, for starters, I feel... I will talk about—I don't want to call it the negative parts, but the real parts mm. that maybe produce perseverance and, um, yeah, just a sense of strength and resilience for me today. Which is, you know, Guatemala is not the safest country. Actually, it is becoming better. So Ooh. please come and visit. Yeah. But when I was growing up, there was a lot of kidnappings uh, happening in our community. Mm. So, you know, as a child, I, I felt like I got exposed to fear from a very early age. And to just a sense of, like, survival instead of, like, living and being present. Wow. I think even, like, going on errands to the grocery store, it felt, like, very nerve-wracking. Not knowing, oh, my gosh, are we going to go back home alive? Or am I going to get wow. kidnapped? Because it was just happening around us so much. And it was just you know honestly like really scary to grow up in an environment that felt so unsafe wow that's
0: i that's yeah wow <laughs> i'm like i don't i'm speechless <laughs> um how how did that i mean yeah obviously i guess your parents were protective they wanted to keep you safe um was faith a part of your house growing up i'm just curious like in the country in Guatemala when you were growing up was it pretty like recognized like did most most people have a faith or what was that like for your family yeah so my parents
1: grew I grew up in a christian home my parents were christians um very strong people of faith so i think that even having the gift of them knowing god and pray praying and just living honestly a hopeful perspective mm-hmm. just really like helped me not to be as afraid as I
0: should have been, yeah. I was going to ask like how that impacted your resilience or your, I don't know, just your mo at, when you left the house, like. Yeah, I mean it
1: was, you know, I, I, I mean part of my story is that I, I did not follow Jesus for many years of my life, mm-hmm. um, but I think growing up, just you know, as a little girl, where there was negative things happening around me and just being reminded that my parents would pray for us every night and pray for us every morning before we would go to Mm -hmm. school and just really, they really taught us about the protection of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the gift of my family is they have a gift of faith that for them, there's nothing impossible for God. And I remember just like them so certain saying like, God will protect us. Like we trust God to protect us. So. I think those seeds that they planted in my heart, um, you know, growing up really bear fruit. And even in times of my life where I needed to be reminded again, like, I'm going to be protected in this moment,
0: came from the seeds that my parents planted Wow, in my heart as a little girl. And you talk about that gift of faith. Like, I feel like that is what that's one of the things that I know you best for is just this like deep, immense true faith that you carry and that you have. What and you I know your journey, I mean like any journey, there's been mountains and valleys. Um will you talk a little bit about your journey to the the faith that you experience and that you choose today? How did you get here in your walk? Yeah, so I mean my story is filled with, you
1: know, a lot of positive and beautiful things. I mean my story is a life of redemption, if mm. I can be honest. But my story is also moments of deep pain and grief and trauma that I, I believe have built me to be the woman that I am now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I will just say that when I was 15 years old, I had a very traumatic um, situation happen to me. I was sexually abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I talk very openly about it because it is it's, it's my freedom and it's, it's the healing that whenever I look at that part of my life, mm-hmm it doesn't feel like I need to hide it anymore because I, I'm not ashamed of that part of my life. Mm. I live with the awareness that that happened to me and it was not God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, and years down the road, God, allowed me to be in full healing and wholeness. And now I'm able to help other women that have gone through the same situation and say, you're not alone in this. Wow. There's so much hope. So... Yeah, I will say that whenever I look at my life, I look at it as um, my pastor. Our pastor one time said um, that when God redeems our lives, look like a Japanese pottery called kintsugi. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Yes, which is amazing. So beautiful. It, I wept hearing this, but basically kintsugi is uh, broken pottery that has been made, uh, plate, like that has been made put back together. Mm-hmm. Um, And in order to cover the cracks, they put this beautiful gold Mm. in the cracks. So your life is, might feel broken, but what God does is he puts back all the pieces and he puts beautiful gold strips to sew the places where there was cracks. All things new. All things new and all things beautiful again. Yeah. So I just feel like my life is, is that art is Kintsugi. Wow.
0: So beautiful. How do you feel like, um, just for, if there's anybody listening who has been through something similar, um, what are, what are some things that helped you to heal? Was it counseling? Was it, um, was it prayer? Was it, um, friends?
1: Yeah. So I think obviously counseling i mean i believe in the power of counseling i mm-hmm. i love counseling i i was in therapy recently and i love my therapist shout out to sarah <laughs> she has shaped my life in many ways and i think i have known counseling since i was a young woman to be honest and it has been so helpful for me to put words into what i was feeling and just be more self aware of my triggers my fears what feels safe in my body what doesn't feel safe. Mm. Obviously prayer play a huge part. I, I feel like we we need both. We need to renew our mind through the power of counseling, but we need to renew our soul through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um I, I think forgiveness has been a pivotal thing that I have learned. Forgiveness to me is 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 not a practice, it's a lifestyle. Wow. I have intentionally learned how to forgive
0: because forgiveness has set me free in many ways. Yeah, what is that saying? It's like unforgiveness is like being in a prison, but you're the one who holds the key yeah. to like let yourself out. Yeah. That's um, that's true. Yeah, and wow. it's you know, another
1: analogy is unforgiveness is carrying a backpack filled with blocks. Mm. That just weighs so heavy. And the moment we release that backpack to God,
0: yeah, we feel light again and we feel free. And it's like forgiveness isn't like affirming that what happened was okay. Exactly. Um, it's releasing the, the debt that that person owes you from. Yeah. From that's exactly it. Yeah. And entrusting it to God. And. Yeah, and trusting it to God that he is
1: our protector, that we don't have to live our life in re- retaliation mm. or even in anger mm-hmm. uh, in order to bring justice because the justice Ooh. is belongs to the lord. The justice is the moment that we say I choose to forgive this person, meaning I am trusting this debt
0: onto the lord. Mm. Wow. Wow. And we are forgiven. Yes. Which is so It's a and changes the paradigm for like everything. It's like why we can forgive is because exactly. we're forgiven. Woo! Wow, so good. Um I'm curious what um So you came, so you sort of had this faith as a kid, and then there were some years um, that you felt sort of farther from God, or you had some doubts. Um, Can you sort of talk us through that and what it looked like to kind of come to where you are now? Yeah, so when I was 15, like I mentioned, I had
1: these really traumatic moment and that just made me really angry at God Mm. and it made me really angry at the church because at the time I was going to this religious very very religious church I I, I don't want to say um sorry let me rephrase that I was going to this very legalistic church Mm. where we went women were not allowed to wear jeans and pants so it just felt like there was a lot of rules Mm -hmm. um instead of what I know now which is relationship you know that it's it's not about what I do for God in order for him to love me I know that he loves me unconditional Mm -hmm. so a lot of um what I grew up believing in church was living in fear of God being angry at me Mm. or God not being a good loving God so I walked away from God for many years of my life and then trauma happened and that um, added on to my offense. I was actually really offended at the Lord and it wasn't until when I was 17 years old I hit rock bottom. I was um, addicted to drugs. I hated my life. I was very depressed. I had a lot of just just hopelessness. Like honestly, um, you know, The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. My heart was so sick in that season of my life. Mm. So um, I decided, and my parents decided with me, to send me to a rehabilitation program. Mm. And at that rehab center, I had a radical encounter with Jesus. And that changed the course of my life. Wow. Meaning I met him. I met the love of my life, which is Jesus. Wow. And, you know, while God healed a lot of things on an instant, also he took me into this journey of process. That I really believe healing comes through encounter. We can encounter healing in one moment, but also we can encounter healing through process.
0: Mm. And in the process is where we get to know the character of Jesus as well. Wow. What was that like? I'm interested in how you hear God today, but also like what that encounter was like. Do you, is that sort of for you and God, like private in your heart? Or is that something you could share with us? Like, what did that look like to, when you say encounter him, like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, this is, I share this all the time. Um, So I was having a withdrawal, like a full on withdrawal, um, of drugs because I was not consuming any more drugs. So I was, my body was shaking, I was sweating, cold sweats. I was really in agony in that moment. So I remember locking myself in a bathroom and you know, I am a bit of like a a spicy personality. So (laughs) I was like, I'm gonna go to that bathroom. And I'm going to make a plan in how to escape this facility in the middle of the night. I literally jump myself out of the window. I had this whole plan um, wow. in my mind to leave this rehabilitation facility. So when I was in the bathroom, I was just was feeling so much anxiety. And just my body obviously was reacting to the withdrawal. Mm. And I remember feeling desperate. And in that moment... I remember crying out to God. You know, I remember that little Ale that we talked about and praying with my parents in the morning and in the evenings and crying out for God to protect me. And I just remember crying out to God. And I haven't talked to Jesus in many years of, of, of my life. And I was really angry at him. And mm. um, I felt all of a sudden this presence in the room and it, the presence just felt peaceful. And it just felt tender and I knew that it was it was God with me in that moment and I hear this voice it was not an audible voice it was a voice in my mind but it just felt so loud um and the voice and and the voice said Ale I'm not mad at you and I I knew I get chills even talking about it every time um and I knew in that moment that that was the voice of Jesus saying exactly um, my biggest, it was, it, it was a voice of Jesus, disempowering exactly the lie that I believed for years. I believed the lie that Jesus was so angry at me, and in that moment He said, "I'm not mad at you." And He said it three times, "I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you," and I wept. I mean, I I broke down into tears, and I just knew that that was Jesus, and um, and it just leads me to believe that verse that says the kindness of God leads people to repentance. Mm. So, you know, that moment melt my heart and I just knew that I had to invite Jesus back into my life, that he was good and that no matter what would happen in my future, that I was going to be okay. Um, so I did. And in that moment, I just felt this renewal in my heart. I felt life again. I felt love for the first time in my life. I, I was in that bathroom for maybe an hour and I cry my eyes out for that whole hour um, and then he he kept saying to me, "I love you, I love you." Um, and there was even at one point that I was just feeling so much shame for everything that I had done in my past, you know, mm. drug, sex, and alcohol, and you know, I was not a good person. I did not have a good character. I was a mean girl, I would bully people because mm. um, I hated myself. I bully myself. so out of that overflow, mm. I would bully others. And I just remember feeling so much shame in that moment. And there was a moment where Jesus lifted up my chin. I felt like this moment where my chin was being like lifted up,
0: wow. and where He was giving me dignity. Wow. Holly, oh, thank you for sharing that. Wow, that's amazing. And it's just like I love that it was in a bathroom. Of all places. Yes. Like, I feel like <laughs> out of any room, it's, like, the most symbolically, like, just, like, you know, it's a place where, you know, we... Dirty place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he meets us anywhere. He does. Yeah. He does. And most especially, like, no matter no matter how deep the pit you're in, like, he comes in after us yeah. to get us. He yeah. really does. Like, in the
1: mess, in the yeah. pit. Of my despair. He came. Wow. And he gave me dignity in that moment. Wow.
0: Wow, I have chills. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. For allowing yeah. me to share. And I feel like it's like out of this overflow. It it makes sense that people seek you as a coach and people really want to to be in a room with you and, and gain wisdom because you love God, who's the source of all of life. And he's just like entrusted you with so many people who need to be reminded of how loved they are and how much hope exists. um, And how beautiful that You've been through so much, but every single thing has been purposed. What the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for good. It really has. And that is just, that is a testimony. That's amazing. I want to talk about, like, your coaching um, business, but between A and B. And then you also have your own um, coaching business as well, and where you just... Have so many women who um, whose lives have been transformed through their time with you. How did you how did you come to choose to be in that role? Like, how did you choose to become a coach? Yeah. So you know, I
1: just through my my story as well. You know, where I have encounter hope again and healing, and that just was my motivation to help others. Yeah. So yeah, I, I took a course when I was in Bible school. Um, yeah, and I was in twenty thirteen mm-hmm. um, so many years ago <laughs> um, almost ten years ago, and it really just revolutionized my life. Like I took it for me. I was like, I'm gonna do this course to help or to gain tools for myself mm. to learn how to live well, healthy, whole. And I never really thought that I was gonna use this um, to you know have my own practice nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, But, you know, God has a sense of humor and the best, Mm -hmm. and he's so strategic that sometimes he takes you through seasons of life where he develops character and skill for that very moment of your purpose. Mm. So I went through a long journey of careers and um, different jobs that I had in the city that I didn't like, but I learned a lot of tools, Mm. Um, and it wasn't until 2020, where I started my coaching practice, and I saw, you know, people were having breakthrough. People were learning how to live lives shame free. People were experiencing hope. People were experiencing uh, joy again. People were believing in themselves and having confidence. Uh, people were experiencing healing. So that's just that's what I am here on Earth to do: is to facilitate moments of encounter. Mm for people to encounter Jesus in the fullness um, of his goodness and for them to see the fullness of who they were made to be.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. So spicy. <laughs> <laughs> we, you said the word shame, and I know before we hit record on this, we were talking about just, I think it was on your heart to talk about this idea of shame and how God originally created us not to experience that yeah um can you can you touch on that? Yeah, I mean, I think shame is such it, it is such a strategy
1: from the enemy to keep us to keep us in the dark and hiding, you know mm. And even you know I think sometimes uh, we learn the lie that if we show God every piece of our lives, like the most maybe ugly piece that he's not gonna accept us or mm. he's not gonna love us. Um, and I think that's what shamed us. It lies to us that we can only show a small version or the perfect version of ourselves of ourselves to God. Mm. Um, but it's not true. I think true healing from the Lord and restoration comes when we are able to show him our authentic selves, every part of us Ooh. and he will bring restoration, forgiveness, yeah. dignity again and healing but I, you know, I love the story of of the garden and when God created Adam and Eve. And, you know, it says in Genesis 2 that they were naked and they were on a shame. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like that was like God's intent and original design for us humans Mm -hmm. to live um, naked and on a shame, meaning with no shame in our lives, with no sense of limitation or anything that will hold us back. From intimacy with Jesus. That's it. Mm. I think shame prevents us from going deeper into intimacy with
0: Jesus. Yeah, that's so true. I heard that phrase once. It's like you can't heal what you've hidden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like hidden things can't be healed and secrets make us sick. I know that from my own journey as well. That bringing things to the light and letting yourself be known. By the one who actually already knows you anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, that's so good. So good. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, about the net as well. So, yeah, what was your – so the net, I know I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but it's a matchmaking – Business. Okay. Where are all my single people at?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ale wants to know you. Um. Um. What was the impetus for that? Like, where did that dream begin? And just, can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah. So I have
1: always been a bit of a matchmaker, and you know, I am a connector of people. I love it. You yeah. know, even if it's not romantically, if someone needs a job in fashion, and I know a fashion designer, I'm gonna connect you. Because yeah. That's just my personality. I love to connect people. Um, and I have a heart for love, you know, and I know, I mean, and we can talk about this when we talk about relationships specifically with my husband, Ben.
0: Guys, just wait.
1: Ben. Wait. Ben is coming on the pod. He is. He will be dropping some bombs. But Woo. I think for me, you know, relationships are not what we see in Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships are are about the expansion of God's kingdom. Relationships are about two people bringing beauty to the earth, two people bringing hope, two people bringing renewal, and two people living with a greater purpose than self.
0: Ooh, all right, let me get my pen. I'm taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so good.
1: So, you know, a lot of my clients are people who are single and struggling and feel very discouraged by just, you know, media, apps, and... You know, the dating culture in our time. And I just feel, you know, like, again, like I am, if I, one of my girlfriends is single, I'm gonna like look up for her and set her up with someone that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, had one thought one day of, I wonder if I could do this for a living. If mm-hmm. I could set people up with purpose, using my coaching expertise, helping them overcome triggers of rejection. Um, triggers of insecurity so that they can actually be the best version of themselves when they it comes to dating and then marriage. Mm. Um, so I started to ponder on that idea. And then I had two dreams in the night, like consecutive, where God spoke to me about the net.
0: No way. Yes.
1: He gave me a business plan wow. of what a holistic boutique matchmaking business would look like, um, and he gave me the name, the net,
0: which is, like, the best. You guys, it's the net with two T's. Two T's. Okay, so it's a little fancy. Yeah. But I love, is it, it's sort of like the fisherman aspect, right? You read in the Bible about, like, being fishers of men. Yeah, But also, like, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Kind there of. are, yeah. And not to be
1: discouraged if, you know, one time, like, you're, Going to the sea and there's no fish, don't be discouraged. That doesn't mean that there is no fish at all. Mm. You know, that maybe means that you... Uh, it's about timing. Yeah. Oh,
0: oh, so timing is so strategic from the lore. So much is about timing. I can't wait to get into your love story with Ben. Yeah. We'll save it for when he's on, you yes. guys. You have to tune in More for that come. one. <laughs> um, I just would love to know, like, what what's... Part of the word is anchoring you right now. I just love the way you speak. It's all peppered with just the word, which is alive and active and just such an anchor point. I'm curious in this season for you, is there a verse or a passage or a story that, like, is really speaking to you right now? Girl,
1: good question. I feel like God is has been speaking to me a lot about, I, I mean, we all know Psalms 23, but mm-hmm. I've been pondering on this verse for maybe the last month and a half. Um, and it's Psalm 23, 5 and 6. Let me read it to you because um, I feel like God has been just really speaking to me about this verse. And it has really anchored me in the season.
0: Mm. And,
1: you know, running to businesses, it's, I love it, but it's also hard. You know, there's discouraging moments and there's a lot of learning curves. Totally. Um, so I feel like if I did not have the support that I have from the Lord, you know, I, I really truly would not be able to do this. So um, he's been speaking to me about Psalm 23, 5 and 6. And it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm-hmm. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely the goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. So there's something about the idea of God preparing a table, Mm. a feast, other version says, in the presence of my enemies. And I just feel like that, to me, means God wants me to be in a place of rest. Mm. Even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of unknowns, even in the midst of... Things that might not, I don't understand or might be outside of my control. God's heart is, I want to prepare a table for you Mm. in the presence of your enemies, Mm. where you can rest, where you can trust me, where you can be nourished, where you can know, known that all of your needs are going to be met by me. Mm. And then I love that part that says that he anoints our head with oil, that. Our cup overflows. So that's just a good reminder for me living in New York, you know, managing life, marriage, ministry to businesses, um, that everything I do comes out of the overflow. Like every, if I'm not full with God's truth, with my time with the Lord, with my practices that I do, yeah, I won't be able to
0: overflow. Exactly. I am so, f- I mean, it's just God's like timing, because I have a question for you about your daily practices and what that looks like, um, either in the morning or the evening or what, what are some anchoring practices for you throughout the day to keep you, um, rooted, uh, and hopeful every day. It's so good. So, yeah, I mean,
1: morning to me is a very vulnerable time. I mean, you and I have talked about this and I have struggled with depression on and off. Mm -hmm. So throughout the years, and, you know, in fact, you have prayed for me, my friend. I remember one time I was in a very low point, and mm-hmm. you just came around me with Andrew, and you guys lifted me up, um, and it's just the power of community. So, you know, mornings are my worship, intentional worship moments uh, to Jesus, and by this I mean I worship the Lord by getting myself up in the morning. That, to me, is a worship, where I'm like, I have... A choice, a choice that I could be in bed for hours of my day if I'm feeling low and if, if I'm feeling discouraged and hopeful and hopeless and hopeless, mm-hmm. um, or that I can actually get up and say, Jesus, no matter what, I'm gonna choose to make myself get up, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna choose to say, You are good, and You are my comforter, and You're the one that validates me, my emotions in this moment. So I'm gonna make myself get up. Mm. shower even in my days that I feel discouraged I put on makeup I put a put on a cute outfit just intentionally even if I don't have anywhere to go oh girl <laughs> you're the cutest girl you know I'm like listen I'm gonna like wear something fab you always just, you always are looking like fab helps me like feel good internally yeah. you know that just like motivation motivation so yeah every morning I drink water with lemon and Then I had coffee, and then I have time with Jesus. And, you know, again, like, we don't have to be religious or strict. Sometimes I have limited time in my day, so I don't have time to spend, you know, like, I don't have an hour to spend. But maybe we spend 15 good quality, you know, minutes Mm -hmm. of my day. And that just, it's my vitamin, Mm. where I feel fuel for the rest of my day. Um, You know, I fit out workout. And, you know, working for yourself... You have to be disciplined. It's such a gift, but also you have to be disciplined. So, yeah. you know, even know, even having, like, a idea of how my day is going to look like, I love mm-hmm. to go to the local coffee shop throughout the day um, to get a coffee for myself and to interact with people. So that's, like, part of my daily routine. I just go get a, a second coffee of the day at the coffee shop and, like, go for a walk and allow my mind to, you know, like, just allow my mind to reset, you know, from even like coaching and doing everything that I
0: need to do. I think that's a good, just a routine in my day. Yeah, absolutely. How, um, and I know that these things like help with, with your mental health as well. And you've been so open with me and with different folks in our community, just about the mental health journey that you've been on. I'm curious like how that journey has deepened or changed your relationship with God. Maybe in the ways that you've had to lean on him, or the ways that you've renewed your mind in the, with the word, or spending time with him. But like, yeah, how's that aspect changed your, changed like your closeness or what you know about God? Yeah, I think it's it has made a huge different
1: uh, difference for me. I think you know sometimes we believe or we think that. In order to approach Jesus, we need to be perfect or we need to be whole. Mm. Um, but it is so just good to rely on him, to depend on him. You know, mm. when I cannot do it out of my own strength, he can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not by by mind. It's not by power. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, having um, vulnerabilities in life just has brought me closer to Jesus because I have learned his willingness to help me. Mm. His willingness to comfort me. His willingness to be near in my deepest, darkest moments. Mm. He has been near. So I just feel like I, I walk with this awareness that Jesus is willing to help. Mm. That Jesus is is he's empathetic that he's compassionate over my situation and as we know in the new testament we read about the miracles that he did and the healings that he performed and we know that he was moved by compassion Mm. so i always i'm reminded that jesus has compassion over my situation
0: Mm.
1: and therefore i can trust him with my victory
0: amen Oh, that's a good word. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Yeah, it really is. And if you ever forget, it's just like remember the song, we are weak but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Girl, I don't <laughs> have that voice, but I will choreograph it. You yes, okay. You'll style the you'll style the music video. Yeah, I okay, will. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um You guys just are such community builders, and, like, you throw the best parties. And I'm going to ask Ben this when he's on, too, but what do you think, what's the best party that y'all have ever thrown?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, I think I did a singles party for Through the Net, so part of my matchmaking business is that I throw fun parties for single Christian community in New York City. So fun. Meaning it doesn't have to be weird. We don't have to be looking at each other and, you know, like do like a awkward are setting
0: you, are you my husband yeah are you my is you know that, one? that kid's book that's like are you my mother it's like all these animals <laughs> going around i legitimately listen there were times in my dating life where i i felt like that i oh, felt like a little duck same. looking at all the other animals saying are you my husband <laughs> is that you but you provide like so you make it not You just make it such a comfortable atmosphere. People can be themselves. There's no pressure. It's fun. There's joy. There's commonality. Like, you're just so great at hospitality and intentionality. So good. And I wanted to ask, too, with the net and with between A and B and your coaching business, like, what are specifically some of the things that you provide there? Like, if somebody wanted to kind of reach out and get in touch with you, like, what could they what could they walk through with you?
1: Yeah, so um, definitely coaching where I do coaching focus on healing. That is my that is like my foundation. So whether it's you need help with career, whether you need help with relationships, whether you need help with purpose or family, um, the foundations of how I coach people have to do with um, inner healing. Mm. Um, we do a lot of exercise where I have you. Talk to Jesus, where I walk you through forgiveness, mm. where we reclaim back your power over the things that you feel powerless about. Mm. Um, so obviously, we I do coaching individually, one-on-one. Uh, and then my husband and I do um, some couples counseling, some couples coaching, where we do premarital counseling and we do post-marriage um, um, counseling. I specifically, we have a heart for newlyweds. Uh, And we we can get more into that in the coming weeks. But, you know, being a newlywed is hard and it's very vulnerable. And there's things that (coughs) I wish when I was, you know, first married that I knew by an older mentor or someone that was very, very real with me. So we provide um, coaching to people that are newlyweds. Or that people, you know, or even couples that just need a little bit of help. I mean, again, we're not licensed professional counselors, and we recommend those for that. But if you need just some coaching, how to walk practically practically through forgiveness, new mindsets, love languages, we can definitely help with that.
0: So good, oh my gosh, you guys are the best, and you've you've really helped me through so much. You've helped us through so much. Um, what a gift. I have a question. Well, I've had many questions. Also, sorry that I was like <laughs> coughing during your last answer. Oh, no worries. <clears throat> I think it's 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 not it's not it's not COVID. We know. Uh, it's just dryness. <laughs> okay. Um, question for you. I want to know what do you know about God today that you didn't know this day last year? And I want to say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? And my friend Annie F. Downs, who we all know and love in the podcast world with her podcast That Sounds Fun, oftentimes asks her guests this, and I just feel like it's such a great question. So wow. I want to know, like, what do you know about God today that you didn't last year? Oh, girl, that is like a profound question. I wow. Really? I love it. It's coming from Annie. So, it's girl, thanks,
1: Annie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Why do I know about God that I did not know one year ago i think i mean in a year i feel like i i could look back at last year and i felt i i feel like a new person today to be honest Mm. and i will say something that i knew something new that i i am learning about god today is i think he is a mentor to me into the unknown. I I, I feel like there's hearts and parts of my heart that desire to be a mom. I'm not a mom yet. And I feel like God has been mentoring me into motherhood in a new way. I don't Mm. know if that makes sense. Like preparing you? Preparing my heart yeah into motherhood in a new way. But I just feel like God you know he's my father he's my friend he's my lover but I, I feel like there's like a new sense of Mentorship. I feel like I'm being mentored
0: by the Lord this year. Interesting. Like He's like sharpening you and just bringing you into a new understandings. And yeah. Like even that. like you know, whenever I I am
1: around people, and I hear His voice saying, "Pay attention to how this person does X."
0: Interesting. Like
1: learn from this person. Like see, if, I feel like there's a new level of awareness even in in my spirit for new things that I maybe. And I, a year ago, I was not paying attention to. But this year, I just feel like this invitation yeah, to pay attention over the things that um, God is guiding
0: me into. That's so interesting. It's also, it's like amazing. I feel like in every, no matter where you are in your life, it's like he's always preparing you for the next thing in different ways in your present. Whether yeah. it's through, you know, different hard lessons or S- situations or yeah like that's so interesting that he's kind of been like hey pay attention to this person's whatever uh their gentleness or yeah. their ec- fill in the blank that's so cool huh um if there's one thing you could be remembered for Ale, what do you think it would be it's a big question oh girl <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be
1: remembered to be one that was a Defender of the Week. And actually, that's the meaning of my name. Are you serious? Yeah, that's,
0: that's what Ale means?
1: Defen- Alejandra. Alejandra. Defender of the Week. And wow. I just want to be one that champions people in the messiness of their hearts. Like, anywhere where they're battling with sin or... With brokenness, pain, trauma, whatever it is, in the moments where we feel most weak. Wow. I just wanna be able to champion, love people, and just almost like guide them by the hand towards Jesus. Wow.
0: What what an answer. That's beautiful. And how prophetic too. I like I there's so much in a name, you know, that he knew like your name was gonna be Alejandra. Alejandra. And that's just incredible my name Amanda means worthy of love and I feel like every single time I meet another Amanda I say do you know what our name means and it's been really cool like different conversations that have happened because some people know what it means some people don't um but it's always just a beautiful reminder and it's almost like God knew that I was gonna like need that wow anchoring point bro <laughs> that is profound Isn't like that crazy names, meaning of names are profound I know and it's interesting how the various traits of your name can then be interwoven in your life like yeah. it's very interesting um I know we talked some uh and thank you for sharing about you know your upbringing and everything I'm curious if you could go back and tell 18 year old Ale. Some piece of wisdom, some guidance, or just anything you'd want to say to her. What do you think it would be? Oh, my gosh, girl. (laughs) This is like, wow,
1: profound. This is really good. Yeah, I want to tell her, you have a voice. Mm. Don't be afraid of speaking. I think in those early years of my life, I was so afraid of people and what would people think about me or... You know, am I saying enough? Like, I feel like I'm going to let more people talk because I don't know if what I have to say is important. So I would just empower my young self to 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 use her voice, to use her voice, to to one, be her authentic self um, and just use her her voice to speak, but also to use her voice to speak her needs. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's good. So good. Um, what is a question that you wish that I would have asked you? And how would you have answered it? Oh, my gosh, girl. This is, I don't, no pressure, no pressure. I
1: feel like, I mean, you cover, girl, the questions that you ask are profound. <laughs> and, I mean, I was not, expe- like, I would not expect anything less because I know the depth of a person that you are. You're such a, a woman of the heart. And, I mean, it's so fun to do this with you because we're friends. So. I know. We have these conversations (laughs) off the mic, so I feel like you cover, yeah, you cover basically all the bases. Maybe, like, how, if, you know, if people want to find, want to join the net or want to do coaching, like, maybe we can practically
0: direct them there. That's next. Don't you worry. And also, (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for your, you know, encouragements, especially, like, this is so new to me. Um, And thank you for just being on the journey.
1: I love it. And... You're made for this you know like being around you encourages me as a person and mm-hmm. it always points me back to the truth to God wow and that's just the impact of who you are and how you walk so it's such an honor yeah. to have a conversation with you that again is so deeply encouraging to me
0: thanks Ale oh my gosh what a gift you are a gift and I am so grateful um for this space and time that we've shared and also like i i often think how cool it is that like god god knew like the era in which we were going to be born the year that we were going to be born the cities right and so i'm like god thank you that i get to be alive at the same time as all i see. Me, me too that's crazy 88 baby 88 and feeling great let's oh, fabulous. go yes let's go. 30s are the best listen it's been great I love my 30s. So good. Um, Where can we find you? On the interwebs.
1: On the interwebs. So, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at between A and B. Or you can find me at the net if you're single and ready to mingle. And we'll put
0: all this in the show notes, too. So it'll just be a click away. (gasps) Perfecto. Perfecto. Um, Thank you for opening us in prayer. Can I ask you to close us in prayer? Yes. And I just want to say, if this
1: resonated in any way to you, I just want to say you're not alone.
0: Mm. You're not alone.
1: If you're battling any kind of just addiction, maybe, or um, struggle, pain, reach out to people. Yeah, especially depression. Reach out to people. You're not to walk this battle alone. Amen. And I promise you that there is hope. Mm -hmm. There is hope at the end of the tunnel. You're going to get through this. Um, And you don't have to do it alone. So I just want to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you for each person listening to this podcast. I just pray that every word, God, that we spoke in the last hour, that you will use it to bring hope, to bring restoration, to remind people of their true value, that they are precious, Mm -hmm. that they are the apple of your eye. That they are your workmanship, that they are unconditionally loved, unconditionally accepted, that no matter what they have done or what they have not done yet, that you love them unconditionally, Jesus. So I just pray that for those that are going through a hard time today, that you will take them into a journey of healing, redemption, restoration, a journey of forgiveness, a journey of a hope, a journey of peace a journey of joy again. So I just pray for that. And I pray for those that need someone to talk to, that you will lead them into the right places, whether it's counseling, whether it's a prayer minister, whether there is community, God. I thank you that no person is alone because you are with them. And all they have to do today is to cry out for you. And Jesus, you are willing and committed to help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, lady. Love Thank you. you, girl. I love you.
1: This <laughs> was so fun. And I
0: love our pink light. And our pink light. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, girl. Thank you. All right. We'll see you soon, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.